Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home In our last session of Dars Hadith We covered the brief seerah biography of Hazrat Amir Muawiyah What an outstanding Sahabi he is of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a man who would record the verses revealed to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was known to be Katibe Wahi Katibe Wahi in Arabic would mean the scribes who would write the verses of the Quran for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and also a man who was blessed with many many supplications only done for him exclusively for him Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once said with regards to Hazrat Muawiyah who Allah make him a guide and a man who guides others also and many many dua and supplications have been awarded to this great individual Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an and he was most deserving to be the governor during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an of Syria in fact he was also the governor during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an now if he was not suitable for this position to be the governor of Syria a Sahabi a man who was the scribe for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then who on earth can hold that position to be suitable governors during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an and we need to mention this that the enemies of Islam especially those that have been greatly influenced by the Shia sect have this hate and enmity a grudge against Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an and when they can't find nothing wrong with this great man the son-in-law of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam they decide to come up with flimsy excuses and arguments against him and they say well this was a man Aliyazubillah who played the role of being or the play, he played the role of favoritism to his family members and appointed them to be the governors Aliyazubillah this is what they say and they say because Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an was closely related to Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an that is why he remained as a governor but what they fail to see is that he was a governor even during the time of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. So one should be very clear with regards to this Sahabi. He is very very important in Islamic history. Nobody should, aliyazubillah, speak evil of this great man, Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an.
Respected brothers, when we look at human history, you will always find that wherever you have a righteous man promoting good, he will always have an opposition. There will always be an obstacle. There will always be hindrance. That is dunya. Uh, the good and the bad sail together. And even, in fact, Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam were not spared. Even these great sublime individuals, like the prophets who came, Hazrat Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, he was chased by the army of Fir'aun all his life. No one was spared. Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wassalam could not even settle in Al-Quds. They did not even allow him to have or take up residence. The Romans were after him. The army was after him. Banu Israel were after him. Some wanted to, aliyazu billah, to crucify him. Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he said, Qulu la ilaha illallah, say there is no God but Allah and salvation is for you. Aliyazu billah, they would spit at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In fact, his birthplace, Makkatul Mukarrama, his own people forced him to migrate and to leave Makkatul Mukarrama and to settle in Madinatul Munawwara. So for every good individual, there is evil. And this is the pattern in the world that we live in. And if, if this is the condition with Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam, then imagine what the condition would be with those that are awliyaullah, or those that are pious and muttaqeen of this ummah. That is why Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was also martyred. And Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, for him it was never going to be easy. In fact, there's a lot of turbulence in his khilafat, a lot of difficulty. Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an. And that is why there was always this fitna. You've always had a group of people speaking evil about Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an and also connecting the, the, the governorship of Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an with Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. And that our aqaid, our beliefs must be, mashallah, crystal clear. And we should have a simple understanding that these are Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the certificate of Jannah in every para of the Quran. In every para of the Quran. Subhanallah. Now another man who was a thorn in the neck for these munafikeen was the governor appointed by Hazrat Uthman bin Affan whose name was Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amir Abdullah ibn Amir Again you will find a lot of people Criticizing the governorship Of Abdullah ibn Amir And they say that he was only Appointed because he is Related to Hazrat Osman Now first of all If someone is related to you And if you appoint him In which verse of the Quran does it say It's najais or it's unlawful Even if if he is related to you, so what? Alhamdulillah, there's nothing wrong with that. After Musa alayhi salam, Harun alayhi salam was the man in charge. And who was Harun to Musa alayhi salam? Brothers. Huh? 
سبحان اللہ زکری علیہ سلاط وسلام ان یحیٰ علیہ السلام انفیکٹ یعقوب علیہ السلام یوسف علیہ السلام ابراہیم علیہ السلام اسماعیل علیہ السلام اسحاق علیہ السلام سو ٹو پک آن حضرت عثمان بن عفان رضی اللہ تعالی عن الیاض باللہ اٹس ویری پیٹی بٹ الحمد للہ ایون دین وی وانٹ ٹو گو تھرو ایوری گورنر دیٹ واز سلیکٹیڈ بائی حضرت عثمان بن عفان رضی اللہ تعالی عن ٹو شو یو دیٹ ہی ڈیڈ ناٹ فیور اینی ون ہو واز ریلیٹیڈ ٹو ہم But rather he only selected them thinking that they would make a significant change in the Khilafat of Islam and in promoting Islam. That was what was looked at. And it was not only the decision of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, but an entire shura was sitting in Madinatul Munawwara and only then a governor was selected. So Abdullah ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala an, When he came to power again, rumor spread, oh, he's another man who's related to Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. Now he was the governor of Basra. He was the governor of Basra. Who was Abdullah ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala? This man was a sahabi of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And a very young sahabi. In fact, it is said that he was born... During the fourth year of Hijri of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to Makkatul Mukarrama with the intention to do his uh, kaza of Umrah, a lot of people were there to greet Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And some men were there. There was one person who was carrying Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amir who was just a baby. And he brought Abdullah ibn Amir in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And now Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at this babe, Abdullah ibn Amir. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that is he the son of that Sulaymi woman? What did he say? Is he the son of that Sulaymi woman? And the people, they said, Naam, Ya Rasulullah, you are right. He is the son of that Sulaymi woman. What did Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? The Shias and the enemies of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan and the Munafiqeen that are out there and even these illiterate historians who've written books on history and they, they speak as if they know everything about Islam. Huh? Who was Abdullah ibn Amir? Abdullah ibn Amir, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, took him in his own hands and looked at Abdullah ibn Amir. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took out from his own auspicious mouth saliva. And he put the saliva into the mouth of Abdullah ibn Amir. Can he be the wrong man to be the governor of Basra? <laughs> Think about it. Can he be the wrong man? Allah That people criticize a man who has got a portion of the body of Rasul or something of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his stomach and yet you find people criticizing Hazrat Osman and Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amir and they make a connection. And not only that, not only did Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam put the saliva into the mouth of Abdullah ibn Amir, but an incredible dua was given to him. 
عجیب و غریب دعا رسول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم سے اللہ ول میک یو دا فائنڈر آف ووٹر اللہ ول میک یو دا فائنڈر آف ووٹر دیٹ مینس ویر ایور عبد اللہ ابن عامر وڈ گو ان وچ ایور ڈائریکشن ووٹر وڈ فالو ہم وٹ ڈز دیٹ مین پکچر دا ڈیزرٹ بیرن لینڈ ایوری تھنگ از ڈرائی What Rasul, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was alluding to was the fact that if he was to dig a hole in a land that is completely dry because of the dua of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam water would gush out. And this was also uh, a basharat, a prophecy. Implicitly Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was saying that this man has got leadership qualities in him. Because wherever he goes there's water. And Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an was not an ordinary man. A very clever man, a man of great wisdom. And he knew and he would recall that this, this child is a special child. Though he is related to Hazrat Usman bin Affan because he walks with the dua and with the saliva of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And therefore none of the companions in Madinatul Munawwara hesitated in giving him the post of being the governor of Basra and the contribution that he did for the people of Basra subhanallah mm. now compare Basra to Kufa brothers remember in Kufa how many changes five to six governors coming going coming going coming going but in Basra they loved Abdullah ibn Amir they loved him the minute he came they loved him well accepted why in a in a city like Basra where once upon a time water was scarce water was never to be found and he made the, the city of Basra the city of lakes <laughs> he made that city the city of lakes completely changed Basra in fact he dug up a, a channel of water in the eastern side of Basra making sure Everybody has got water. And then another massive channel of water which he named after his mother. And in fact he would go and visit all the tribes and the tribes would complain, Oh we haven't got water, or oh, you haven't got water, no problem. He would dig a hole, mashallah, the dua of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, water coming out. Subhanallah, what a dua. And imagine Hazrat Usman bin Affan making sure that Basra was a new city, a new city, and it was given to this young man, Hazrat uh, Abdullah ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala an. And he's also a Sahabi, and he has also narrated one hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In fact, the dua of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had taken such an effect that if Abdullah ibn Amir was to instruct somebody else to go and dig a hole, that, that dua of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would even be transferred from him into that individual. And once he said to Murrah, Murrah was the freed slave of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And he says, I haven't got the time, I want you to go. And he says, Hazrat, you want me to dig a hole there? Will water come out? He says, yes, go, go there. Murrah, the freed slave of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, he went there thinking that this is impossible. But Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amir said, no, go. 
And he went there and he started digging Allahu Akbar. And there was water, water, water everywhere. A massive sort of a lake, a channel of water that was there. And so he made Basra a city of lakes. People were attracted. People were now settling into Basra. People were settling into Basra because of water. And in fact it became the main, main military base for the Muslims. That was Basra. And Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala an was a very generous man. And not only that, he had a keen eye for agriculture. Any community that wants to be self-sufficient needs to concentrate on agriculture. Agriculture is the foundation of a strong economy. And for agriculture you need water. And this man was full of water. So Abdullah ibn Amir, wherever he went, Subhanallah, barren lands and dry lands became fertile lands. Just say Punjab ka land. In Punjab, that's what they say, isn't it? In Punjab, that's where rice comes from and in India, this and that. But that was Basra, Subhanallah. Because of the dua of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he was a man who would never close the doors of his residence. It was open to everyone. Anybody could come and ask from Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amir and he would make sure that he would provide for them. In fact, he was such a generous man that he, from his own money, bought the most famous souk, the bazaar, the marketplace in Basra, which was in the city. He bought it and he made it work for the general public. So he was an incredible man. And so he was selected by Hazrat Osman bin Affan. Though he was related to Hazrat Osman bin Affan, but Osman bin Affan came from a very famous family. And many of the Arabs and the tribes were related to him. So you can't actually fault Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an for choosing individuals who might be related to him. And so even if he was related and Hazrat Osman bin Affan chose him to be the governor, it was on the basis of his taqwa and on the basis of the potential that Hazrat Usman bin Affan saw inside him. So this was Abdullah ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala. We've covered Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala. Another man was Walid bin Uqba radiallahu ta'ala. Now Walid bin Uqba was the governor of Kufa. He was the governor of Kufa. He was related to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala from the mother's side. It is said that he was half the brother of Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an from the mother's side. But when he was appointed as a governor, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an said to the people of Kufa that I have not made him the governor because he is related to me, but I have made him a governor because he is related to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He is the son of Umm Hakim. And Umm Hakim is the paternal aunt of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that is the connection. But the people of Kufa were very evil in their nature. They would only picture right to be wrong. And they were blind from the truth that was there. And in understanding the state of, status of Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, although the position of Governorship was given to Hazrat Walid bin Uqba during the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. 
But this man also played an active role during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar. In fact, key positions and key post was given to Walid bin Akbar. Remember how many governors were selected by Hazrat Osman bin Affan? 18. How many? 18. And the enemy say that five were related. What do they say? Only five. And from the five, when, when we see that, when we cover the entire Khilafat, there were actually not five, there were only three. So from 18 to have three governors that were related to Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, is that difficult to digest? Allahu Akbar. Anyway, talking about Walid bin Uqba, who was closely related to Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, the governor of Kufa, what was his post during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an? In fact, he was given the most important position and post during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. He was the keeper of all the military secrets during the term of Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Remember the Khalifa was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and the man who was in charge of all the jihadi expedition was who Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an and Khalid bin Walid would only trust Walid bin Uqba of all the military strategies and the plans that were carried out by him he would not divulge this information to anyone he would only pass this information to Walid bin Uqba to pass that information to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and if Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had to say something to Khalid bin Walid Walid bin Uqba was chosen to go back to Khalid bin Walid to pass that information so he was the only link between the city of Madinatul Munawwara and the battlefields. And so he was the keeper of all the military secrets. This was Walid bin Uqba radiallahu ta'ala. Now my respected brothers, you have to be trustworthy to be given this post. Never mind being related to Hazrat Osman bin Affan, but he was given this position during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. And I want to clear this out in case shaitan is shaitan, my respected brothers. Aliyazu Billah, if in the heart we feel uh, something different of this great man, Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, this could even have an impact on our iman. So we have to be very, very clear. These were great, great individuals. He was the son-in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And secondly, during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr, he was even given the responsibility to collect zakat from the tribe of Qazza. From the tribe of Qazza. Now, these uh, posts are only given by the Khulafa to those who are extremely trustworthy. And so this was uh, his position during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Now comes the term of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. What position did Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab give Walid ibn Uqba? He made Walid ibn Uqba the governor for the tribe of Banu Taghlib. He made him the governor for the tribe of Banu Taghlib. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and subhanallah, he must have known something about this man to make him the governor of that tribe. It is said that the entire tribe of Banu Taghlib were Christians. All of them were Christians. Three days ago, uh, a lady came 
uh, at our Islam Information Center. And uh, she was inspired by our Musabai. Mushak, you're listening to me very carefully. Yeah? She was inspired by our Musabai. Which Musabai? The one who sits on my right. And because Brother Idris here does a good service to the rest of the world by making sure that this can be relayed to everyone in the world, mashallah. When you meet people, they say that, Molisab, when you speak, who, is, who are these individuals? And a few names are taken. But Musabai's name is always mentioned. So we have to say that he is our Muazzin. So a lady came, and I'm talking on the subject that this tribe, Banu Taghlib, were all Christians. And Hazrat Umar made, appointed him to be the, the governor of that tribe. So this lady came, and she was living in the north, Yorkshire. A family background, the father is a Jehovah's Witness, a strong, strong Christian. And the mother is a white Zimbabwean racist Christian. These are her words. So I'm just listening to her at the center. I said, okay. You know? And she says that we are a family and full of faith. Everyone believes in God. But when we went to the church, it was only singing and singing and singing and nothing else. Fine. And she got divorced from her husband and it's a long story to cut everything short. She wanted to apply for a job in Nottingham. She wanted to apply for a job in Nottingham and she was somewhere in Yorkshire. So the firm in Nottingham said to her that I'm sorry that we haven't got that vacancy that you asked for but we have a job for you in Leicester. Subhanallah, how does Allah work? Listen to this. How does Allah work? And she said, Leicester, where is Leicester? She doesn't even know Leicester. But she says that I was desperate, divorced, my mother abandoned me. And with me was only my daughter, my young daughter. And she said, yes, I need a job and I'll take that job in Leicester. She says that I caught a train from Yorkshire to come to Leicester with everything that I had. Nothing. Only some cash money that I had. And when I came to Leicester, I did not even know where to go, where to stay, which, what will happen to me. And my daughter was with me. As I came out from the train station, the taxi drivers that were there all, mashallah, ahu. Muslims. So she caught the taxi and she said to the taxi driver, she says that he was a man who had a beard. So I, I said to him that, look, I'm new to Leicester and I'm going to start a job. I have money but I have got no place to stay. You seem to be a good man. Can you help me? And I'm a lady of faith. I want to live in an area where Good people live. There's no violence, no disturbance. I don't want a house near a pub and near the city center where family people live. And so the taxi driver said, I think the best place for you to live would be next to Masjid Omar, Evington area, <laughs> where Arif Bai and Mushtaq Bai lives too. 
MashaAllah. But of course she didn't say that. But in the Evington area, and this taxi driver being a Muslim, phoned some of the people who he knew and says, Bye, there's this lady, she wants a house. And Allah, Muslims have accommodations to rent. And immediately how Allah opens the door for people. And she, she's a Christian. Huh? And Alhamdulillah, immediately the house is given to her, accommodation is given to her, she settles and she's in our area, in our area. Now what happens? Every time, you know, Musabai gets very excited and mashallah, he has got the voice and the azan outside. She says that I hear this man singing every day. <laughs> and I would have to shut my window. What kind of a noise is this by? You know, doesn't make sense to me. And I've come to Leicester and there's this guy singing five times a day. And so what, what happens is that I would shut the window, shut the window, shut the window. Oh no, shut the window again because I live close to the mosque. But once I said, no, let me listen to the words of this man singing. For her it was just a song or some words being chanted. And she says that I put my head outside where the back garden window was, started to listen to the call of prayer, the words of Azan. And that was changing me. Now every time someone would say Allahu Akbar, I would take out time and stop doing everything and I would listen to the Azan. Subhanallah, Subhanallah. And Allah gives hidayat. This is the power of Azan. At first, it's different. But slowly, the Quran and the Azan works with individuals. And she says, now I was inquisitive. I wanted to know the, the true faith. I'm a seeker. I want God to guide me to the right direction. And she says, slowly I went here, slowly I went there, slowly I went there. But she said to me, I've never had any good experience with the Muslim community. And I had to put my head down. I live amongst the Muslims but their behavior and conduct is very different. And she said to me that I once had an argument with someone who nearly touched my car. And I said to that person that don't you think you should be a bit careful driving. I've just bought a new car. So this Muslim man had a beard. He got very violent and says, what's up with you? What's the problem with you? And a few people ganged up on me on Evington Road. And when I looked at them, I said that look, you know. I am a woman and I have been created from the bent rib. What did she say? I am a woman and I have been created from the bent rib. Don't you think you should respect me because women are more sensitive than men? And this Muslim man did not even know what she was talking about. But just shows how Allah gives hidayat and now she started studying. And she says that I had already bought a translation of the Qur'an and the Qur'an is so powerful for me that I could only read the translation in a day four lines. How many lines? Nothing more than four lines. It was too, too strong for me. It was too powerful. What's, what's a revelation? And she says, it's incredible. Only four lines and I would have to stop. That is it. Only four lines. And she came and she says, you know, I have a lot of questions, this and that. And MashaAllah, you know.
and I spoke to her and I said it's high time now you accept Islam and Alhamdulillah in that gathering in that majlis just a few days ago she embraced Islam but Allah gives hidayat and she was and I could just lend her my ears and she said to me Muhammad or Imam Muhammad can I tell you the most beautiful words of Prophet Muhammad and I said please tell me and she said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said and after her shahada and some of the new Muslims at that we had a class of new Muslims at the center and the new brothers who had embraced Islam here are also a witness that they can testify of this woman who was there at that time and she says to me that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said that a Muslim, a believer is always in a profitable situation. For him there is no khasara. He is never at a loss. And I knew immediately what hadith she was referring to. Ajaban li amril mu'min. And she said, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, and she would say peace be on him, that if difficulty comes to a believer, then he is patient. And for being patient he is rewarded. And if anything good comes to him, he is grateful to his Lord and for that he is also rewarded. And she says, this has touched my heart. What a great man he is. That is Islam. My respected brothers, Allah does not need us. Allah does not need us. We need him. And if we don't respect the Quran and the laws of Sharia, Allah can easily replace us. And so we should be muhtaj. And we should be entirely dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be grateful on Him. And so, and sh- when she accepted shahada, I am in the house of Allah, tears were flowing out from her eyes. And she's not an ordinary woman, a lady who's highly educated. Subhanallah. So we have a mission, my respected brothers. I just thought I'll convey this message to you, alhamdulillah, of the tribe of Banu Taghlib. And Walid bin Uqba was an excellent da'i. What was he? Da'i. And Hazrat Umar, the foresight that he had, appointed him as the governor amongst the Christians. And in a few months, the entire Banu Taghlib tribe embraced Islam. All of them embraced Islam. And it was this brilliance that Hazrat Osman bin Affan had seen in Walid bin Uqba, though he was related to Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, that compelled him to, to select Walid bin Uqba as a governor, not because of any relationship. It was on the basis of ikhlas. But were the people of Kufa to let Walid bin Uqba live in Kufa in a peaceful manner? Never. Because of their dislike of Hazrat Usman bin Affan. And in fact they staged up this incident and falsely accused him of drinking alcohol as we had covered and in fact the story goes that because he was a da'i he would do a lot of da'wah and there was a new convert a revert to Islam whose name was Abu Zubair whose name was Abu Zubair now he came once to Hazrat Walid bin Uqba and he was in that state of being completely drunk because he was a new Muslim he probably had this habit of drinking wine and he came and he could not walk now when people saw him entering the house of Walid bin Uqba quickly those that were against Hazrat 
uh, Walid bin Uqba gathered around and they started spreading rumors that Walid bin Uqba drinks Aliyazubillah wine, alcohol with these new Muslims, Abu Zubaid. And this news was even given to Hazrat Osman bin Affan in Madinatul Munawwara. And very quickly, two individuals were prepared to falsely testify that we saw Walid bin Uqba drinking alcohol and also vomiting. And both of them, one's name was Abu Zainab and the other person's name was Abu Muwara. And both of them went to Madinatul Munawwara and they said to Hazrat Osman that we are a witness, we've seen it with our eyes. Hazrat Walid bin Uqba said to Hazrat Osman bin Affan, I can take an oath, I have not touched alcohol. And Hazrat Osman knew, but because there were two witnesses, Hazrat Osman said that I have no choice but to enforce on you the Sharia, the Had punishment, but be patient, O my brother. What did he say to Walid bin Uqba? Be patient, O my brother. And Hazrat Osman looked at those two individuals and cursed them. And he said that may the curse and the la'nat of Allah be on those who falsely testify. Who falsely testify. But the had punishment was enforced and eventually he had to also move out from this position of this post to be the governor. So this was Walid bin Uqba. The man who was the keeper of the military secrets during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. He was the best individual to be the governor of Kufa. And of course, the other individual who was very closely related also was Hazrat uh, Abdullah ibn Sa'ad. Abdullah ibn Sa'ad. He was the governor of Egypt after Hazrat Amr ibn As radiallahu ta'ala. And we remember Abdullah ibn Sa'ad, who was he? He was given the position to be the governor of Egypt because he knew the Egyptians really well. He knew the ins and outs of Egypt. He was well acquainted with the people of Egypt and he played an important role with Hazrat Amr ibn As in the jihad of Egypt, conquering Egypt. So Hazrat Osman gave him this position. Though he was related to Hazrat Osman bin Affan, not by blood ties, but through breastfeeding. He was related to Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. Now who was Abdullah ibn Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala The man who fought for North Africa and the man who conquered the, the city of Subaytullah, remember? And Abdullah ibn Zubair killed Jarjir. But who was the man in, in charge for that jihad? Abdullah ibn Sa'ad, a great mujahid. And Abdullah ibn Sa'ad was the same man who fought also in the battle of the Mediterranean Sea. And the son of Hiracle, Constantine, was killed by uh, the people when he ran away. And he was the man also, Abdullah ibn Sa'ad was the man in charge of that jihad. And history testifies that the most difficult fights or jihad for the Muslims was to fight against the Nubians. The Nubians were was an area, a mass, a very open area under Egypt. These people were experts in archery. And they would shoot the, the arrows and would target the eyes only. When the Muslims first decided to wage jihad against them, a great portion of Muslim mujahideen were blinded. The Muslims were no match and no equal to fight these Nubians. The Nubians were experts. These were warriors and fighters. 
very quickly the Muslims had to come out. And nobody could conquer that part of the region that is just under Egypt. And it was only Abdullah ibn Sa'd radiallahu ta'ala an which eventually subdued the Nubians and the Nubians agreed to pay jizya to the Islamic Khilafat. And they also came under the banner of Islam. These were the works of Hazrat Abdullah ibn Sa'd. And he was also an appointed governor of Egypt by Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And we stop at that, my respected brothers. It's, it's better to go by stages. Just to clear the air so we understand that it was not favoritism by Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. But rather on the basis of taqwa. And rather on the basis to spread Islam and to promote Islam. And who Hazrat Osman felt that he is most competent and worthy to be the governor. Only then that position was given. And Hazrat Osman did not even hesitate in dismissing anyone from that position. Even if he was related to Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward this great son-in-law of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and bless him in abundance wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil musaleen allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna kanta tawwab rahim nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'na wa atana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayk al-masir birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin